Hi there, this is Will Mavity, and I'm here today to talk with some of the team behind Apple TV Plus's Five Days and Memorial. I have with me production designer Matthew Davies and showrunner Carlton Cues. Okay, so uh, both Matthew and Carlton, obviously Katrina was a tremendously well-documented event. It's it's still burned into a lot of our memories, but uh, it's just so big and there's so much to cover, so much destruction. So tell me a little bit about the research that both of you had to perform in terms of building up a background of how to kind of redesign the hospital and the surrounding areas in a way that's believable, but also cinematic for this this show? Well, I mean, while while we were while we were doing a fictional story and an adaptation of a book, and it's um, you know based on true events, it's not true events. Um, authenticity was hugely important to me and to John Ridley, my creative partner on the project. And um, enlisting Matthew uh, was really one of the best decisions we could have possibly made. And I think right from the get-go, Matthew um, was fully connected to us on this idea of authenticity. And I would say that a lot of credit has to go to Sherry Fink, who was the book author who not only wrote the book, but she had gathered so much research in writing the book that became so useful to us. She had videos and pictures and documentation of what the hospital was like. And so we we had this real um, incredible base of research that would allow us to kind of figure out how what the hospital looked like. And then we went about sort of figuring out how are we going to stage it and how are we going to show the destruction? And, you know, I really should, I'll turn this over to Matthew because Matthew was far more involved in, you know, basically taking some of this research from Sherry and a real understanding of what the real Memorial Hospital looked like, and then translating that into, you know, sets and and a physical environment for where our show took place. Yeah, no, it really, um, it was almost like a forensic level of detail that was in Sherry's uh, uh, research. I think uh, she provided access to I think, over 3,200 individual assets, and there were time-stamped photographs, videos, um, testimonials. I think she did over 500 interviews in six years. It was an incredible body of research, and we became kind of obsessed with it in the art department, and we um, printed everything off. It was like thousands of individual items that were then uh, kind of pinned up in uh, day order, pretty much, and even to the hour of the day, because we wanted to really reconstruct the um, exact order of events at Memorial over this five-day period and everything that had gone down at the hospital. And uh, the hospital, because it had been adapted over time, it was a very confusing geography. So we had a lot of we spent a lot of hours just um, kind of pouring over the uh, plans of the hospital, trying to work out the geography, trying to relate everything to, um, you know, the witness accounts of the various uh, escape means that people took from the hospital and trying to work out what that exact uh, kind of choreography was through the hospital from wife count seventh floor, the ICU on the eighth floor to you know, the uh, engine room of the hospital where the generators were, like everything had to be uh, kind of mapped out. And, you know, it's not, it wasn't a, um, 
you know, we couldn't recreate the hospital exactly, but mm-hmm. what we wanted to do is create the uh, the tone, the aesthetic, and the geography of the hospital so that it would be familiar to anyone that had been there during this. And um, I believe Sherry was uh, on site at the hospital shortly after uh, the hospital was recovered. And, um, you know, she uh, suddenly felt like we had... Um, uh, achieved our objective in terms of, you know, really selling the the feeling of that hospital. Well, it was incredible because I took Sherry for a tour of Matthew's sets when she came to visit us in Toronto. And you could just sort of see this sort of visceral reaction when she walked into mm-hmm. the, you know, we had constructed um, two floors of the hospital in sets. And I think as Sherry walked around and she saw this, it was, it was really, I think, quite startling to her because um, the fidelity to detail and the amount of effort that Matthew and his team put into not just creating a set, but really duplicating very specific elements from the real hospital. Um, it was, it was really, um, it was really powerful for her because she was one of the first people to get access to it. I would also say that, you know, one of the things that actually made me happiest was reading the review of the show in the, in the New Orleans Times, Picayune, the local paper of record in New Orleans and, and getting you know, a nice and really positive review for them and, and kind of an acknowledgement about the sort of authenticity of the way in which we told our story. And I think that was really important to all of us. I think that we felt a duty to try to, even though it was a fictional version of the, of the story, we all wanted to, um, you know, we, we wanted it to really be rooted in a, in a sense of believability and, and really feel connected to these events. And that we, you know, we had a responsibility because we were telling a story based on true events to try to be, to, to not veer from those events in a way that would be um, diminishing at all. And in fact, we, the, the goal was exactly the opposite. We wanted to kind of try to provide um, the sort of the really visceral visual experience of what it was like to be in this place at this moment in time. Well, one thing I thought, you know, talking about a visceral experience, I thought was interesting is the whole show, every time we're in these interior locations, it's extremely claustrophobic. But, uh, you know, the camera that you and John Ridley have going is a very dynamic camera. There's a lot of long takes. It kind of swoops through the halls. So tell me about kind of navigating the tension of designing a set that is meant to look and feel very claustrophobic but needs to have the room where it can have this very active and dynamic camera. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the sets were very much about uh, this geography, this relationship of uh, the parts of the hospital is, um, uh, and, and also how that over the five days immediately following the storm, the deterioration of those spaces as they became less passable and, um, you know, I had to consider what was the hospital like without power, you know, um, with uh, the stairwells being pitch black. And, you know, we kept going back to Sherry and saying, so how did people actually navigate through the hospital? And, you know, what um, did they have torches, lanterns? Like, what, what were they using? And she actually always came through with uh, um, sort of evidence to support uh, the testimonials from the survivors of Katrina. And it was... Um, you know, it was a difficult thing to really, you know, trace that uh, those uh, patterns through the hospital. Um, and when we designed the sets, it was more about the flow and 
Um, you know, I knew that John and Carlton wanted to do long takes where they could follow people from one part of the hospital to another part of the hospital. So creating that flow and that depth and always having a sense of geography and trying to really uh, explain to the audiences, you know, uh, the hardship and the obstacles that people had to navigate through this hospital was really important. So, yeah, that was um very much a part of the design. The, the ceilings were a little bit lower than standard. We wanted that feeling of claustrophobia. I think John was particularly concerned that, you know, it might feel like we were in a studio environment and mm. he didn't want that to be the case. And I remember, uh, I guess there were a couple of things. Um, his assistant came to set one day and he sort of reported back and he said, you know what, my assistant walked in and said, this feels like a real hospital. This, this feels good. And, and so that was, you know, like a... Uh, the first um, sign from John that, you know, he was happy with uh, the presentation of everything. And I remember when we were doing the walks of the set, John sort of headed to the stairwell to go upstairs. Of course, you know, we didn't stack our set, but it was, you know, they were side by side. But the fact that he felt like it was a, a real space and he could just take the stairs up to the next level kind of, you know, made me feel good. Like, uh, you know, we, 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 we'd kind of hit that mark with him. So, um, just, yeah, just, it was just to expand on that a little bit, I mean, the other thing is we were shooting in, in uh, widescreen format. So it was also really important that we have, um, you know, we really could fill the frame with, um, you know, so that, you know, we, we, were, we were kind of very conscious of like, okay, what's, what's on either side? Are we wall to wall when we're shooting in these corridors? What kind of um, dressing and details do we need to have to really make the frames really feel alive and full and to be, really telling our story. So in small ways, you know, even details of just like little drip lines where water was sort of seeping through the hospital and those little sort of details and the stuff that would be stacked on the floor or, you know, uh, a, a pool of water, you know, a bunch of towels. There was a lot of imagery of how they took towels and bed sheets and things from the hospital and tried to kind of put them against places where water was intruding into the building. And so we, we put a lot of time into those kinds of details on the set as well to just kind of make you feel like there was a story being told that we weren't specifically telling, but as you kind of were sweeping through the hallways, you would notice, oh, well, there's obviously a lot of water intrusion problems. There's definitely residual damage from this hurricane. You know, this, the, the sort of the vulnerability of the building, um, uh, is is something that we're really aware of. And we really wanted the building and the hospital to be a character in the story um, as much as, you know, as our other characters, because there's this sort of um, hubris at the beginning that this hospital is impenetrable, invulnerable. It's sheltered people for many years and it turned out, well, you know, it wasn't enough to keep away this cataclysmic set of events and um, nothing was. And, and that was an important part of the of, of telling of the story. And we, you know, so we, and we want to, and, and Matthew did an incredible job of really giving us these long sweeps that allowed us to really be uninhibited in how we shot the show. And for John and I, we did want to do like lots of long following takes. We had sort of stylistically decided that we were going to really try to put ourselves super strongly in the point of view, whoever, of whichever character we were following. And, you know, the narrative is sort of this mosaic that jumps around from character to character, but when we're with those characters, we wanted to be experiencing the hospital through their point of view. And so we needed to have the room, the space, the expanse, the sets, the details to really kind of go on their journey with them. So if you're with Diane Robichaud and she's going from a patient room down the corridor into her own office, you know, back out to the nursing station. And we also wanted through those same takes to give the audience a sense of the geography of the place. And, and so all of that was 
was really, you know, had to be thought out, had to be planned, had to be dressed. Um, and, you know, it was really, um, and, and, you know, and then it, it all had to sort of match seamlessly between this hospital that we had uh, rented for some of our work and these sets that Matthew built on stage that were really the sort of the public areas of the hospital. And we were doing this all during COVID when we had restrictions about how many people we could have on our set. I mean, there were, it was really, uh, it was really an incredible accomplishment. And the fact that it looks so, I, it's funny because in watching it, 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 it has that thing that I think is a part of greatness, which is it feels effortless, but yet it wasn't effortless at all. There was so, <laughs> so much, so much went into it. And, and, you know, Matthew was tireless um, with his team and, and, and kind of always, you know, kind of keeping the bar incredibly high and, and trying to accomplish all these things that we needed to accomplish for, for every day's work. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had five stages of deterioration, and then within each day, there were subsets of deterioration. So just tracking everything. We don't always shoot things in perfect, you know, chronological order. So tracking everything back and forward in time was. Um, oh uh, God, the poor real Yeah, no. I, I when, when I started, I sat down with uh, Libby Miller, uh our first AD, Cameron John, and. Uh, we spent like a few days just looking at the schedule, trying to work out how we were going to build all these sets and how we were going to, you know, be able to change water levels and these tanks and, you know, how long everything was really going to take. And, um, you know, it was a it was a masterpiece of planning that kind of allowed the art department to do their best work. So, you know. And I would have to say, I would have to say beyond just the practical sets, you know, Matthew was enormously uh critical along with his team in figuring out how we're going to accomplish the visual effects in the show because the mm. the visual effects were not couldn't just be visual effects i mean the visual effects had to feel authentic so we really needed to create physical environments that were sort of foreground pieces where we could have our actors playing scenes and then composite those um, with visual effects elements and so we were we we built a four million I didn't say we, I'm going to say Matthew built a four million <laughs> gallon water tank single-handedly um, uh, in, uh, in Hamilton um, that was large enough to, to construct the entire facade of the emergency entrance of the hospital inside it, drive boats, basically a city block length and um, raise the water level from sort of zero to four plus feet in order to do all of this water rescue work that then was enhanced with visual effects, but, the, but there was enormous amount of practical work. And again, it wasn't just design work, it was engineering planning and sort of thoughtful conception that led to the construction of these critical elements that I think makes everything feel authentic. So the kind of the fundamental question is how do you, how do you solve the problem of creating for the audience a sense of this city that was 80% underwater? Yeah, that uh, it blows my mind to know that the opening shot of the show where we follow a boat traversing through these sunken houses and get to the hospital, that's not totally CGI. You guys, not only did you, you built the area around the hospital, you kept building out and built a sunken neighborhood, right? Yeah, well, it, it's um, visual effects. It's very interesting. Like, I, I love visual effects, It's but the... Best visual effects work with practical elements all have to be individually shot and everything has to be composited back together. So um, almost everything in the show existed in some 
uh, version that was filmed as an element to be um, you know, used for compositing purposes, everything. I think we prevised uh, over 65 sequences in the show, which is a lot. Um, but I think one of the first issues we had reading the script was how do you make this? It's, uh, it's huge. It's, uh, and it happens at so many different levels of scale. You have the, um, you know, the individual stories and their narrative threads. You have, you know, the geography of the hospital and everything happens within it, the deterioration of that. And then you have the city, which was also going through this, uh, went through the, the hell of Katrina and then the aftermath of the levees breaking in the city. Uh, filling with water. And so you had all of these kind of um, these sort of shifting landscapes that we had to create. And so, uh, yeah, a lot a lot went into the planning of that. And um, Eric Durst and Matt Whelan, our visual effects supervisors, were phenomenal in helping to uh, previs and realize that. And then it became a case of really breaking down to all the elements. And there were certain shots that we wanted to get, like the, the helipad, you know, that was a uh, 15,000 square foot build. Um, you know, obviously we couldn't build it on top of our set. So it was built in a, a field wrapped in blue screen. We built one practical facade, but, you know, it became apparent during the planning of those sequences that we'd have to build the entire 40 foot height run of stairs up that helipad in order to get the shots we needed and to composite that back into the, uh, the wider cityscapes with the helipad. So yeah, no, it was, um, it was a lot of planning. That's insane. Those stair that stairwell still gives me anxiety, honestly, because it looked so genuinely rickety. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny also when you describe this set, it uh it honestly reminds me of the Truman show where they talk about they just built this whole world so big it's almost visible from space. So you uh you mentioned earlier that you would kind of were you saying you had mocked up different versions of rooms and locations to illustrate the degradation that goes on? Or was this more just the set dressers coming in and gradually adding grease and grime to make these rooms decline? Uh, I mean, it was all mapped out in Sherry's research. So we had um, these huge reference boards showing, chronicling the deterioration of the hospital over the five days and then over the subsequent month or so before it was actually reclaimed. Um, and so we just categorized all of that imagery into look boards, which chronicled each stage of the process. And uh, then we had our onset team that included our our on-set dresser, Julia, and um, uh, we had scenic help there, and it became a case of just recreating those vignettes that were in Sherry's research in, you know, uh, material form. And um, uh, it was really great because Carlton and John also had uh, familiarity with all of that imagery and that research, so they were also, you know, very important in uh, helping to orchestrate um, that uh, course of change within the hospital, yeah. So uh, Carlton and Matthew, did either of you have a personal favorite location? Because there's so many standout rooms in here and it, you know, it's, it's just a monumental achievement of production design. I mean, I think the thing that was, that was probably most gratifying for me was figuring out how to do this helipad because we had no access to the real hospital. You had this rickety helipad that stood 85 feet above the top of a parking garage of the uh, adjacent to the hospital. And we really wanted to convey this idea that to take patients 
up to this helipad to get them rescued was perilous and it was you know not it was physically difficult and it was scary and we weren't even sure whether this helipad was strong enough to support helicopters that were coming into rescue and and but kind of solving that problem and kind of getting to a place where this combination of elements a a helipad that was built in a field with a set of stairs that was built adjacent to it in the field but was kind of a stairway to nowhere that was separate along with certain pieces of stairways that were on other sets um, could somehow all seamlessly be put together to give the audience a um, kind of unquestioning belief that that's what we were actually experiencing that that's something that I'm really proud of and I'm and I'm really proud of the work that Matthew and, and his team did in order to make that happen because it was a huge leap of faith. We were shooting disparate elements with this sort of hope and belief that they were all going to come together and look believable and realistic together. And, you know, I, I put my faith in, in Matthew and, and it was borne out. I mean, we, I, I really defy anybody to really pull that apart and go, oh, that doesn't look authentic because it, it does. And, and I, I think it was just an incredible, incredible achievement. Yeah, no, and I, I mean, obviously it was um, a lot of time went into the, the pre-vising of all that and um, Ramsey Nicola, the cinematographer, was phenomenal on set in terms of, you know, keeping everybody, you know, on the page in terms of what we're doing as well. And uh, yeah, it, um, it's always a bit of a leap of faith and I'm uh, enormously grateful to Carlton and John for, uh, I've not worked with either of them before, so coming <laughs> During COVID, not being able to meet people face to face, doing everything on Zoom, um, you know, I think everybody was a little bit anxious. I think other producers have had this um, property, you know, to, to this uh, story in their hands before and face these very fundamental questions, which is how do you show a city that's underwater? How do you show a hospital in crisis? How do you do this um, practically, affordably? Like, how do you do this? It's, um, it, was, uh, it took a lot of work out. You know, speaking of practicals, there's one sequence that I think was pretty much done completely practically. You mentioned the, the generator room in the basement, and there's a scene where uh, a couple of the staff members are down in the basement trying to kind of bail out water as it's flooding. And then you have one of them be like, oh, crap, because you see there's water about to pull up through the doors and then it bursts open and washes them away. That seemed like that was a fun set to design. Tell me a little bit about that one, because it's built to flood. Yeah, no, I, we, we built like a, I was very reluctant to build tanks in studio. Exterior tanks, you know, tanks always leak. It doesn't matter, you know, how well engineered or built they are. Water just finds its way. Uh, so we were very nervous about building a tank in studio, but we decided in the end to build one 10,000 square foot tank uh, for the basement set. And uh, one end of that, that also included um, like a raised tank, essentially a huge tip tank. Uh, so the set itself could take a couple of feet of water, but also you had this tremendous volume of water that could build up at one end behind the, the doors. And we built a uh, John McGillivray R. Uh, special effects uh, coordinator. He built a, a huge steel tank that um, could basically fill with water and then electronically release the doors and it would create this uh, genuine sort of uh, wash of water that would uh, knock our stunt performers off their feet. So, um, yeah, and the whole set, 
you know, had to be built within this tank and, uh, um, and then it had to, you know, we had to be able to pump the water out very fast and reset and refill the tip tank and go again. So, you know, it's, it was more than just um, a one take affair. We had to engineer it for multiple takes. Yeah. And it was, oh I, I actually directed that sequence and um, that was really critical. I mean, we, you know, we just had limited time shooting wise. And so not only was the, did it have to look authentic, but as Matthew said, it had to be engineered in such a way so that we could, you know, do, and we, we didn't have to wait an hour between setups in order to do it again. And when we, we tested it with the stunt guys, they literally got knocked off their feet and like, well, this is going to work. Like this is actually, <laughs> this is actually believable. And, um, you know, we were, we were all down there in our, in our waiter boots, uh, you know, trying to, you know, not get flooded away while we were shooting it. And it was, it was, you know, it, it felt claustrophobic. It, it was, uh, you know, it, it was really visceral. And those guys who were the, the stunt performers in that scene literally did get washed off their feet. And so it, it just had this, I think all the, you know, any scene like that, has to kind of have an emotional component and it it really did and, and the, the guys in the scene were were literally feeling it because they were experiencing it it was not a um, it wasn't a stage situation they were actually you know they they were they were literally riding out this giant wave of water that was coming in on each reset and i think that really made the scene feel visceral and real and and really made you kind of again you know have this kind of sense of of panic and kind of concern. And I think the show is, is so gripping because of sequences like this, where you really are, it, there's a fine line, I think, between sensationalism and um, kind of authenticity. And I think that we tried, and I think one of the great accomplishments of the show is that we, we don't veer into sensationalism and, and that's fine. And it has a certain place. And I, I wrote a disaster movie called San Andreas about a giant earthquake that is beautiful sensationalism that's super entertaining. But that's not what this particular story was. This story was meant to kind of be authentic and to really make you believe the experiences of these characters that were that were have you know, that were experiencing these events that were just the kind of incredible forces of nature that were kind of put upon the people who were in this hospital. And that was, you know, and that was, it took really hard work from everybody. And I, I think that the kind of engineering and the execution of this thing like this basement set was critical to be on the right side of that line in terms of how the audience was going to perceive that sequence. Well, guys, I think we're about out of time. Uh, before I go, Matthew, I know VFX has discussed the walkway a little bit, but that's a cool set, mainly because in camera it has to be jiggled around. So uh, really briefly, could you tell me a little bit about designing that walkway? Yeah, so so the walkway uh, was uh, it was above Clara Street outside the ER entrance to the hospital. It wasn't part of our exterior backlot build. We built it in studio as part of the interior of the second floor so that the second floor sort of um, mustering station where they gathered patients before the, the last big push to get uh, people out of the hospital, that connected directly to the bridge structure and the whole set was raised up six feet and we built that um, walkway uh, basically as a, a gimbaled set in sections that could all be 
um, individually uh, moved for camera. So, um, you know, they were on um, different types of hydraulic rockers and, um, you know, we did a bit of a poor man's process version as well where uh, special effects guys actually got in with um, metal bars and actually sort of manipulated individual sections <laughs> of it at the same time as we had wind machines going and rain bars creating these torrential uh, hurricane-like conditions, uh, palm trees in the studio that were being kind of um, beating against the sides of the walkway. Uh, we put some um, vertical blinds in so that they would actually sort of rock with the walkway and actually accentuate that sense of movement. Uh, we had breaking glass, all that had to happen at the same time as uh, actors, not stump people, but our actors were running across that bridge. So it was um, hard to do something that looked scary and precarious, but was actually safe enough for the actors to actually be there in that space during it. So yeah, yeah. it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I bet insurance love that. <laughs> God, that that is a very impressive bit of the set. Well, guys, we're out of time, but this has been a pleasure. Just extraordinary work of production design. Some of the most impressive I've seen on TV in ages, just the sheer scope and scale of everything. So wonderful work. And I can't wait for more people to see it and appreciate just how excellent your craft was. Thank you. Thank you.